0: Welcome to Epic, everybody. Glad that you are here with us today. Today marks the end of our 21-day fast that we have been doing together. And I think I saw some extra smiles on a few people's faces as we we walked in this morning. Uh, My son came downstairs, and my wife and I were downstairs talking. And he came downstairs, and he stood there, and he had a big grin. And I looked over, and I said, you're pretty happy, aren't you? And he said, yes, I am. I said, today marks the end of the, of the fast, right? So you can go back to playing video games. And he was so excited. Yes, video games. I can go back to enjoying some desserts and sweets. So I want to say congratulations to those of you who engaged the fast with us. If you're not familiar with that, we've been on a 21-day fast, setting aside some, something food-related or an activity-related in order to grow our relationship with God. So there've been people who have not had food, solid food for 21 days in this fast, been on a liquid diet, there've been people who have given up time spent on the computer, time spent on the internet, all kinds of things that people have been doing over this fasting time together. So congratulations to you who've walked through through this and proud of you for desiring to grow to become more like Jesus. Every time we walk through a fast, I am reminded of how my priorities get out of line a little bit, that there are things that I really want and things that I think about a lot. Throughout this fast, I have been fasting meat. So I've been eating fruits and vegetables and salads and salads and uh, no sweets and just been drinking water. And I'm amazed at how much I think about meat, how much I think about sweets, how much I think about sweet iced tea. Uh, I think about stuff like that all the time. God says, listen, I want you to think about me as much as you think about that stuff. I want you to pursue me as much as you pursue where you're gonna get your next hamburger or your next steak. I want you to pursue me with that kind of passion. So God, it it always reminds me of that when, when I walk through a fast. And so the challenge for all of us is to not drift back into patterns where God gets our leftovers. The challenge for all of us is to keep God in his rightful place and to pursue him with a passion all year long. Not to just say, hey, for 21 days, I'm going to do something significant to really focus on you. But no, this is a pattern for all of our lives that we will put God first, we'll pursue him with everything that we have all year long. So, uh, just an encouragement as you come off of your fast, I encourage you to be careful. Do not throw your body into shock, especially if you have not eaten any food. Uh, one of my friends uh, said he has not had any solid food uh, for the past 21 days, and he said today he's eating meat and lots of it, and he's got bacon in plan, uh, in store for the day. And I'm going, buddy, uh, you know, uh, I'm seeing the hospital later this afternoon, getting your stomach pumped, and, uh, uh, you know, I'm not sure I'm going to come visit you if that's why you're there. So uh, just be careful as you come out of your fast. Now let's just pause for a quick moment and just thank God for what he's doing in us and what he continues to do in us. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for the incredible privilege that we have to practice ancient spiritual disciplines, things that are so incredibly important to you, Jesus, that you did that, modeled it for us on a consistent basis. And one time, Jesus, you went through a fast for 40 days or did, you didn't eat any solid food. And Lord, you did some amazing things out of that. You put God the Father first. You modeled for us what it means for us to walk in a relationship with you and to put you first. So what I pray as we walk out of this fast that, that we won't just shift gears and go back to life as normal, but that we would continue walking this road of keeping you first in all things, Pursuing you with a passion, above everything else, and never giving you our leftovers. Guide us today, I pray, in this message, in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all
1: ready for this? Woo! Woo! This is great. Oh God! Oh, yes. Oh
2: man! I'm so. Oh here they, come, here they come, here they come, here they come. All right,
1: yes. here we go. High, here, five here, here. High five it. High five it. Yes, yeah, yes. right here, right here. Yeah. Oh, we missed that. Here. Oh, oh, gosh. This is great. Ready? Rewind. Oh, yeah. Bring it back. Turn goes oh, like this, like that. All right.
2: Oh, man, this is going to be a great right. game. I've been waiting for this all week.
1: Me too. Hey, let's see if we can get the crowd going. What do you want to start oh, with first? That's a good idea. All right. You know,
2: the wave is always a classic. Wave.
1: The let's wave. go. Ready? Ready? Right here. All
2: right. All right. All
1: right. Here, watch it! Go oh, around. dead arm, dead arm! Oh, it's alive! Oh, it's, Look at it! Oh, it's a little, oh. it's a little quiet. All right, that's nobody's okay. really out there. Um, let's try something else. Uh, we uh, love Jesus. We love Jesus. Just, yes, we yes. love Jesus. Ready? 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 One, two, three. We, we love, love Jesus. Jesus. Yes, we do. We love Jesus. How about you? <laughs> I didn't really hear. I didn't that. hear anything either. Um, that's, that's okay. That's kind of. Uh, oh, beach beach balls. balls. Yes. Ready? That always gets them going. Oh my gosh! Ready? One, two, three. Oh. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah! Yeah! Oh! Yes! yes. Oh, go, go, you go? go, go. go, go. go Jesus, oh, go, Jesus! Go. Jesus! Jesus! Go?
1: Oh, my gosh! Oh, JC, we love you. I
2: know. Oh, I'm wiped. I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. Oh my gosh! You know, I'm, I think I, I pulled.
1: I think I pulled a back muscle. Right? When we were doing the cheer.
2: I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> it <laughs> hurts. I just oh my gosh. love cheering. I love cheering. As a matter of All fact, right. we love cheering. Yes, we do. We love cheering. How about you? But, uh, what's, uh, happening here? A little, uh, oh, quiet. Oh, sorry. Not
1: sorry about that. Um, I just, you know, I was just thinking.
2: What? I'm, I'm sorry. I, the stadium's a little loud. I thought you said the, uh, word thinking. There's, there's no thinking in yeah, football. You, you know. What's going on?
1: I was just, you know, sometimes I wonder if, you know, you and I are missing out on something.
2: Missing out? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? we got, like, foam fingers and... Cowbells and yeah. great seats, but you can smell the sweat and the grass. It's awesome. What are you talking
1: about? I just, I don't know. It's like, don't you ever just want to trade in your phone finger for a jersey and run out there with the players? Don't you just want to know what it feels like to play in the game with JC?
2: No? <laughs> you mean what? You risk getting dirty out there? Dirty. You, oh, no, no, no. No, 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 Let, 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 let me explain something. I do this, 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 this here is the safe zone, okay? This is the safe zone. Over here, you know, you're just kind of like backing away. where we're, we're, we're closer to the action, but yet we're far enough away where we don't get dirty. That's you know? true. Plus, we've got a very important job. Where would this team be without all us cheering for them? Huh?
1: Yeah. You know, cheering, cheering is, woo, cheering is great, but I don't know, it's just, I feel like we're missing out, like, maybe we aren't just supposed to cheer, like, maybe we are supposed to be out there playing the game with JC, I, I don't know.
2: There's, there's a little too much thinking going on here, not enough cheering. Now, you know what, yeah. a little cheering will clear up all that thinking for you, huh? Yeah,
1: you're... Yeah, you're probably. Yeah, what was I thinking? Uh, we no, need to do a, right. cheer. Need right. a cheer. We
2: need to cheer. Okay. Uh, come on, Jason. Right here, Jason. We love you, Woo-hoo. JC.
0: Well, I bet you didn't have that in mind when you thought you were coming to church for, to hear a message. So, if you are new with us, today we're in part four of a series called Not a Fan. And each week we're asking the same question of ourselves Are we followers of Jesus or are we fans? Of Jesus. And the, both those things can sound like they're good things. You know, being a fan of Jesus can sound good. Being a follower of Jesus can sound good. But as we've learned in this series, they're not the same. They're not the same thing at all. In fact, the difference between being a fan of Jesus and being a follower of Jesus is similar to the difference between being a fan of professional football and being a professional football player. So we've got a Super Bowl this afternoon. Anybody excited about that? Anybody excited? Anybody have a team in the, in the Super Bowl? Anybody excited about the 49ers or the Ravens? 49ers. 49ers, OK, all right. So we had some Ravens fans this morning in the first service. So uh, we've got this game that's going to happen this afternoon, and we're going to have football fans gathering in homes, in stadiums, in restaurants all over the United States, cheering their hearts out for what's happening on the field. And then we're going to have the players that are gonna be on the field working as hard as they can to win a Super Bowl. Hopefully they'll be able to win a Super Bowl and today someone's gonna come out on top. But when Jesus came to earth, he put on a jersey and he stepped onto the field of life to win the greatest game that's ever been played, the game of life and death. You see, when Jesus came, he didn't step into the bleachers He didn't show up as a cheerleader. He didn't show up as a spectator. He stepped onto the field to sacrifice his life, to give his all on the field so that he could win the lost back into a relationship with God. And he invites us to do the same. He invites us to suit up right alongside of him and get dirty to get on the field, not sit in the bleachers, but to actually get on the field. You see, Jesus isn't interested in fans because fans don't win Super Bowls. As much as we cheer, a fan will never win a Super Bowl. A fan will never get to wear the ring. Players win Super Bowls. Followers of Jesus are the ones who change the world. Fans don't change the world. Jesus has called us to follow him, not to cheer for him. And like we saw in this skit this morning, when we just cheer for Jesus, we are missing out. We're missing out on the game, the greatest game that has ever been played, the game of life. We're missing out on what God has called us to do, to be on the field, not in the stands. Because Jesus has called us to follow, not to just cheer for him. Last week, we saw that true followers of Jesus do this thing called repent, repent. We actually repent, we, we turn away from things that hurt God and hurt other people. We acknowledge that, we don't hide from it, we don't run from it, we don't blame it on somebody else. We take responsibility for the stuff that we do that hurts God and hurts others, and we turn from it. And we turn to God in a right relationship with him. And we do this thing called obedience. We obey God. Not because we think that our obedience earns something with God, not because we have to obey God. We obey God because of what he has done for us. Jesus extended us this thing called grace and mercy, something that none of us deserve. None of us deserve it. And he extends it to us as a free gift. And so we obey God out of what he has done for us. Now, today we're going to dig deeper into how we should follow Jesus and I have to warn you up front that this is probably one of the heavier messages that we have in this series. This will probably be the, the, um, the lowest requested message we have. It will probably be downloaded the most frequently. Um, so just warning you out there. It's a heavy message. Jesus has some heavy words for us today. If you're just checking Christianity out for the first time, you might think at the end of this message, wow, that's pretty heavy, Jesus has some serious words here. That's pretty intense, what Jesus is asking. You'd be right. What Jesus is gonna ask us today is to really count the cost, of what it means to be a follower of his. And Jesus did that on a number of occasions. He would stop his followers and say, listen, I want you to really consider what it means to be one of my followers. Don't follow me until you sit down and count the costs. And so that's what we've been trying to do in this series is really count the cost of what it means To follow Jesus. So if you're a guest with us today, I'm so glad you're here. I think this message can help open our eyes to what Jesus really meant when he said, come follow me. So if you would, grab a Bible and turn over to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. And if you need a Bible, again, we have Bibles at the back of each seating section that you can grab, and they're our free gift to you. If you have a Bible app on your phone, feel free to to bring that up. One of the greatest ways that I know to learn the Bible is to bring a copy of the Bible where the Bible is being taught and bring a notepad, a place that you you can take notes. I used to do that for years. I'd bring a Bible and bring my notepad. Anytime the Bible was being taught, I had my Bible open and I would underline in there. I'd write in in the margins. I would underline verses I wanted to memorize and I would take notes. Anything the pastor said, I tried to take as much notes as I could, wrote those verses down. Then later that week, I'd go back and I would dig deeper into what was being taught. You'd be amazed at what you can learn in a relatively short amount of time when you do stuff like that. Now, I know if you're sitting in the back sections, it's a little bit harder to see that Bible actually sitting in front of you. If you sit closer to the screens, it's a little bit easier. Again, we're in Luke chapter 14, found on page 797 in our paperback Bibles. Now, starting in verse 25, we're going to see that it says, A large crowd was following Jesus. And that was a regular thing for Jesus at that t- point in his life. See, early in his his ministry, early between his uh, early years of his 30s, there were a lot of people that loved Jesus. They watched him perform all kinds of miracles, and they loved being around Jesus. And as Jesus looked at the crowds, he was not impressed. I mean, he wasn't you know, excited about the momentum. He wasn't like, wow, this is so fantastic. Here's some of my business cards. Make sure you bring a friend tomorrow. You know, I'm healing two people for the price of one. I mean, Jesus wasn't excited about that. He actually paused the crowds and stopped them and said, I'm not so sure you're in the right place. I think maybe you got something confused here because this gathering is for followers, not for fans. Like, if you want to cheer for me, like, that meeting somewhere else. But I'm calling people to follow me, not to just cheer for me. So in verse 26, Jesus says, If you want to be my disciple, if you want to follow me, here's what you have to do. You must hate everyone else by comparison, your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. Now, Jesus' original audience, as they heard that, they would have thought some similar things to what I'm sure some of us are thinking now. Like, what is Jesus really saying? Is, do I really have to hate a family member in order to follow Jesus? That doesn't sound very Christian-like. That doesn't sound like something Jesus would say. So, so what, what do we do with this? And Jesus knew this was how we would interpret it. And he didn't come back later and go, you know, I I was just using that to make a point. I was just exaggerating that. And Jesus made it clear. He said, our love for him should be so strong that we are willing to follow him even if it means we lose a significant relationship with someone we love. Our love for him is so strong that we'll follow him no matter what we have to give up. Now, as American Christians, we don't get that concept very often. And we can't imagine having to choose between Jesus and a family member. Like, we never see ourselves having to choose between those two. But in many parts of the world, if someone becomes a follower of Jesus, there is a good chance that they'll be kicked out of their homes and become homeless. There's another possibility that they might even put their life on the line, and be killed for following Jesus. Might even be killed by a family member who's so irate that they said, I want to follow Jesus, that they might have their their life at risk. My brother-in-law was in China on a mission trip a few years ago, a trip that he has taken quite often, and when he was there, he was talking with the Christians in that area, and they said, listen, when someone wants to be a follower of Jesus in this area, we ask some heavy questions, some very heavy questions of, of them. We make them count the cost before we say, hey, yeah, come on, let's let's follow Jesus together. We ask questions like this. Are you willing to follow Jesus even if it means you'll be kicked out of your family and, and end up homeless? Are you willing to follow Jesus even if it means You might be tortured for your faith. Are you willing to follow Jesus, even if it means there's a chance that you might be tortured, you might be killed, or someone you love might be killed? You see, becoming a Christ follower in many parts of the world, it isn't a casual thing like it is here in America. In America, often it feels more like joining a social club than it does to really follow Jesus. Jesus said, listen, if you want to be my follower, there's some tough days ahead. There's some persecution that's going to come to you. The world persecuted me. The world's going to persecute you if you're really a follower of mine. So do you love Jesus that much? To walk away from something that you value deeply in order to say you're a follower of Jesus. Do you love him that much? And that's another one of the dividing lines that we've been talking about in this series, between a fan and a follower. It's when we get to these kind of whys in the road and go, wow, I gotta choose between Jesus and someone that I love. Uh, I'm not exactly sure, because the costs are pretty high. And so many people cycle off the path with God and cycle back to the back of the crowd, and I'll just kind of you know, follow from a distance. And Jesus says, you can't follow from a distance. If you're at a distance, then you're a fan. You're not really following. So what is it that would keep you from following Jesus? Are you willing to trust God with that thing or that relationship? In Luke nine twenty three, Jesus said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily and follow me. So following Jesus is an everyday deal. It's not something that we do just in moments that we feel like it. It's not something we do in those moments where we're gonna get a benefit out of it. It's something that we choose to do every day in moments we don't feel like it, in moments we do feel like it. Every morning that we wake up, we have a choice to make. Beyond what we're gonna wear that day, beyond what we're gonna eat for breakfast, beyond what we're gonna even do that day, we've got a choice. Will I pick up my cross And will I follow Jesus? Will I become like Jesus in a world that desperately needs to know more about him? Now this whole pick up our cross thing is a very visible reminder that Jesus has called us to die. He's called us to die to our rights, our desires, our dreams, maybe a privilege that you think that you deserve. He's called us to die to ourselves and to live every day for him. You see, Jesus understands that true life comes through death. It's something that he did for us, modeled so beautifully. He said, listen, I'm willing to die so others can live. And that's what he asks us to do is we follow him, die to ourselves, and to live for him. Jesus said in John 12, 24, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. So unless it is planted and dies, it's just all by itself. Not much is gonna happen from it. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. So Jesus in this moment, he transitions from talking about a kernel of wheat to us, our lives. So like our lives are like a kernel of wheat and all by ourselves. If we don't die, our lives impact very little. But when we choose to die, to be planted and rooted in Christ and to die in order to live for him, our lives will make a huge impact in many other people around us. Verse 25, Jesus continues, those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to be my disciple must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And my father will honor anyone who serves me. So again, Jesus says the the only way to experience life is through death. It's dying to, to yourself, dying to your rights, dying to your desires, dying to your dreams, and trusting God with all of those things. Then Jesus said back in Luke 14, 28, this is where he says, time out to the crowd." He says, don't begin to follow me until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him. And if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot be my disciple without giving up everything you own. There's some real cost to following Jesus. And like I've said several times in this series, if you're walking through this with us and you go, wow, you know, as I hear the totality of this, I'm not so sure I'm, I'm that big of a follower or I'm not so sure I'm really ready to do that. That's an okay place to be. That's an okay recognition. Jesus would rather we consider it and then say, you know what, I think I'd rather sit back on the sidelines than to dive in and later go, you know what, I think I'm gonna bail because it has gotten too hard. Jesus says, count the costs. Now, the Bible teaches there are some amazing rewards for those who follow Jesus. There are some incredible rewards that we'll experience now as well as for all of eternity. Jesus was the one that said, my father will honor anyone who serves me. God the Father will honor anybody who follows Jesus. The Bible also says that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has entered the mind of man what God has prepared for those who love him. So there are there's some things that are gonna that are awaiting us, that are beyond our wildest dreams, things that I can't wait to experience. But we don't have to wait just for those things. There are some real things that we can experience now as we follow Jesus every day. The book of Hebrews actually tells us about some of those amazing things that people experience in their lives, amazing rewards for following Jesus. Actually, in Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 32, it says, How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women even received their loved ones back again from the dead. Now, I read that and think, man, that's like a Braveheart moment. I mean, that's like, wow, you know, Jesus riding his horse in front of the troops going, hey, this is some amazing things are going to happen if you follow me and I'm ready. I'm like, where do I sign up? I mean, I I, want to shut the mouths of lions. I want to be strong enough like Samson, take on whole armies and send them away in fear. That would be amazing. Sometimes that stuff happens. But then Jesus continues, or this, this passage continues in verse 35. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half, and others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised, for God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. So when I read that passage, I love the first part. I'm like, sign me up. The second part no thanks. Sign somebody else up. I don't want that to be my story. But after you read that, like are you still willing to follow Jesus? If following Jesus meant that we would get up today and we would walk out these doors, and if it meant that as you went out in our community that you might be arrested, put in prison and possibly tortured for your faith, would you walk out those doors? Or would you walk out the back door? Would you boldly walk out and say, you know what, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm gonna live my life the way Jesus has called me to live my life. There's some serious consequences to following Jesus. Are you willing to lose your popularity at school? You know, when you're at school and hanging around with the other students that are there, and they're making fun of you because maybe you don't do certain things or you do other things, are you willing to to stand in that spot and be okay with who you are because you're a follower of Jesus? Or at that moment, do you become a fan of Jesus and you know I just wanna fit in with the crowd so I'll back away from that? If you follow Jesus, you could lose some friends. You could lose some family members. You could be made fun of. You might not get that job that you're interested in. You could lose the job that you have right now. All kinds of things can happen when we choose to follow Jesus because Jesus said, listen, it's going to cost you something. And if you look at your life and say, you know what? Following Jesus really doesn't cost me anything. Then we really have to ask the next question. Am I really a follower or am I just a fan? So are you willing to give up your right to hold on to bitterness and forgive someone who's hurt you? That's what Jesus has asked us to do, to follow him and forgive you, your forgiveness issue can outweigh God's. Your forgiveness issue cannot outweigh what Jesus has done for us when He has forgiven us. So, are you willing to lay down your rights to hold on to that and forgive? Are you willing to walk into a world where there are some weird people and love them? I know there's nobody weird in here, but when you walk out those doors, there's some weird people out there, okay? So when you walk out into the world, are you willing to love people that desperately need love? Or are you going to stay back at a distance and like, let let somebody else love them. Like Jesus can, you know, assign somebody else to be Jesus in the flesh there in that moment and love that person. Are you willing to be that person? Are you willing to show love to to maybe somebody at school that nobody else is loving? Are you willing to show love to somebody at work that you know, I have no connection with them at all. I mean, their life is totally different from mine. Are you willing to reach out and love that person? What might God be asking you to die to in order to live for him? Jesus said in Matthew 7, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate, the highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life, and that's Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the gate. The gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. So Jesus says again, following me is gonna be the hardest thing you've ever done. There are gonna be days you don't, you're not gonna to wanna to follow. You're gonna to wanna to throw in the towel and quit. But will you still follow me? Because my path is the only path that leads to life. Not just life here, but life for all of eternity. There are things planned beyond your wildest dreams that you'll get to experience if you follow me and you stay on the difficult, narrow path. And then he says, but listen, it's not just about eternity. It's about here and now. There's stuff that can happen now for us if we choose to follow Jesus every day. So in order for us to follow Jesus, we have to turn from our selfish ways, We have to pick up our cross every day, not just every other day or every third day or every day that we want to. We just pick up our cross every day. And we walk into the world like Jesus did, and we become Jesus to a world that desperately needs Him. Are you willing to follow like that? So I'll ask in closing the same question that we ask each week Are you a follower of Jesus or are you just a fan? Now next week, we're gonna wrap up this series and we're gonna look at one final thing that needs to be prevalent in all followers' lives. So if you're a follower of Jesus, there's this thing that needs to be evident in your life. So we're gonna look at that next week and we're also going to celebrate communion together and wrap up this series with that. So I encourage you to come back next week and uh, celebrate communion with us. So let's pray together and then our worship team's gonna come out. Lord, I thank you for the incredible opportunity and privilege that we have to follow you. Jesus, God in the flesh, you stepped out of the splendor of heaven and you came to earth and you didn't say, here I am, God, now serve me. You said, here I am, God, I'll serve you. And you've asked us to follow you, not to cheer for you, not to sit on the sidelines, not to just watch the cool things that you do, but you've asked us to walk the same road that you walk. And you've said, hey, it's difficult. It's a narrow road. There's going to be days you're going to want to quit and throw in the towel, but will you follow me anyway? So I pray for all of us as a church family as we hear these difficult words that you have for us, Lord, that we would determine to follow you, to give all of who we are, to die to ourselves, our rights, our dreams, and to live for you and you alone. And to every day shoulder our cross and just follow the creator of the universe There's some amazing rewards that you have in store for all of us, some things we get to experience now and for all of eternity, but you've asked us to follow, not to cheer. So what I pray that as we go throughout this week, we would see examples, real life examples of ways that we can follow you at work, at school, wherever we are, that we can really be followers instead of just fans. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: You guys can go ahead and be seated. You know, as as we've been going through this series, God's really been stretching me quite a bit. Um, You know, it's like I I sometimes walk away from conversations. you're not spreading the word, thinking, uh, thinking to God, God, that opportunity just wasn't perfect. It, you know, you would make it perfect. You would make everything comfortable for me. And I don't know what my version of comfortable is. I don't know if it's music in the background, angels over me kind of waving, God whispering in my ear or something telling me what to say. Um, but I, I tend to kind of lose track of what God really wants for me. And he's basically telling me constantly, just die to yourself. Pick up the cross and walk out those doors and share what the world needs. And um, I have that problem quite often, Um, but today as Trent was going through the message, um, if you want to dive deeper into what he's talking about, we have something called the Spiritual Growth Challenge, and you can find it online at theepicchurch.com, or uh, we actually have papers like this in the back, and what it consists of is the verses that we use today Um, And also questions to challenge you throughout the week. So I encourage you to check that out as you're going uh, throughout your week. Just keep this thought in your mind as we're dealing with everybody and having those interactions like I was just talking about. Um, And then also, also we had group link last Sunday, um, which is our small group environment. We introduced 70 people into small group environments last week. So if you can give it up for that. And it's, it's men's, women's, and, uh, and couples groups. So if you missed out on that opportunity, Tim Jones is going to be in the back at the Connection Center. Hi, Tim. Um, right back over there. And see him, he'll plug you into a group or just tell you what he needs for you to be able to get into that group, um, that group environment. And then if you signed up for Starting Point or Next Step and you have not got your conversation guide yet, go back and see him also. They have him back there at the, uh, at the Connection Center. Uh, he has those waiting for you. And also, last night we had a huge event here in Flagler County. Um, It's called the Silver Ring Thing, and basically what it is, it's an event expressing God's view of being sexual pure until you're married. And we had, it was for middle schoolers, high schoolers, um, and college students. Do I have any students that went last night? Raise your hand. Yep. We had, uh, yeah, awesome. We had 571 people show up to that event last night. Um, And we had... We had 185 students buy rings last night that committed um, to God's challenge for them, and 37 parents to support, um, they bought rings to wear as their students are taking that challenge also to help support them. So if you give it up for that, too, that is absolutely amazing. (laughs) And then also um, our Go Costa Rica trip and our Go Guatemala trip. We still have opportunities open um, to jump on board with that. Uh, They extended the time frame for it, so uh, you can sign up up until Tuesday, February 5th. If you're interested in doing that, you could jump online at The Epic Church and check that out also. And then over in the back, um, over by the Connection Center, not Tim over there again, but over by the Connection Center, there's a little cart. Uh, we have a little donation center that we help out a local food pantry here in Palm Coast. And uh, they have several needs, which would be used, closed, closed. Um, uh, food, just necessities that we use throughout the week. If you're going to Publix and you're getting to buy one, get one free, and you want to drop one off over there, feel free. Um, there is a list online at theepicchurch.com under the resources to help you kind of guide through if you guys want to help us out with that also. Um, And then God asks us to give our time, talents, and resources. And if you want to partner with us just to reach out to the community, invest into students, invest into relationships, into marriages, there's two ways that you can do that. You can give online at theepicchurch.com, or you can give in the giving boxes right behind your chairs in the back, right by the Bibles, there's boxes back there. And if you're new today or you're just checking this whole Epic thing out here, um, our connection center is back in the corner, and they have little packets for you to tell you uh, what our heartbeat is here at Epic, what we're all about, just to give you a little more information on that. And thank you for joining us today. Everybody have a great Sunday. Be safe and enjoy the Super Bowl.